Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. You guys can clap for that if you want. Man, um, that is week two. We are in week two of uh, Lights, Camera, Action, and uh, we're doing this movie uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. I want to encourage you. There's four more weeks to it. On your way out, make sure you take some of these tickets. They're bundled in bundles of 10. We got plenty of these cards. Take one. Maybe somebody you know needs to come and hear a life-giving message. And uh, maybe they're not used to a traditional church service. Bring them to see a movie or clips in a movie that might uh, interest them in, in hearing the word, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm super excited about today's message. And as I think about that movie... Man, I think about when I was a kid. Uh, I think about the 80s and, and uh, going to Disney World and, and that movie, that, that ride hasn't changed much. I mean, there's now Jack Sparrow in the end and there's a couple of pieces that are, are, have changed a little bit where you see Jack. But uh, when I was a kid, I just remember some of that, like those animatronic things and all the, the lady chasing the, the guy with the broom and it's like this circle. You guys remember that stuff? You guys remember? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That was my favorite ride as a kid uh, growing up. Uh, the sad thing was is that I didn't get the movie to go with it. I was a little bit older, obviously. I'm just a little bit over the age of, uh, you know, being in, in 2003 was when that movie came out. But like that, that was such like a, uh, an impactful movie for me. And I, I remember, you know, my sword, my pirate sword, my eye patch, and pretending I was that pirate on the high seas. But again, like I said, I just didn't get to, to follow Jack Sparrow. So I'm a little jealous of the kids that are a little bit younger than me, the adults that are a little bit younger than me that got to watch those things. My closest thing to a pirate movie was the, the, the ride or the, the attraction just down the road the, uh, from, from the um, Walt Disney, which is the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. You guys like that one? That one's good, right? Not, not as much. They didn't get as much money out of that. I mean, five movies were made out of... Pirates of the Caribbean. From 2003 to 2017, five movies grossing $4.5 billion. Can you imagine that? Do you know how much money that is? That's like $4,500 million, if that makes a little bit more sense to you, if you can kind of like grasp that. $4.5 billion in five movies, and it was based on a ride, based on a little kid's ride that, that uh, I used to ride 25, 35 years ago. But that's the kind of impact that movies have on us, don't they? Like, movies have influence, as I said last week, as we opened last week. But when you think of pirates, consider this for a minute. Let's kind of, like, focus in for just a second. When you think of pirates, what are some of the things that come to your mind? What, are you, what do you think about? You think about sword fights, right? You think about the open seas. You think about treasure maps, right? And you think about, obviously, treasure so this morning, I want to kind of highlight and emphasize this verse, and it was a verse that I, I, uh, I preached last week. It's not your primary text, but I want, to, I want to go back to it for just a minute. It's Matthew chapter 6, starting there at verse 19. And Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart 
will be also. Last week we talked a little bit about that. We talked about the significance of that, that uh, you've got to check, or a couple weeks ago, that you've got to check your heart. When you're dealing with anxiety and stress, consider where you're, tre- where you're placing your treasure. You've got to check your heart. But that verse right there, that, that idea, that key phrase for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, is also known as the treasure principle. Wherever you find your treasure is where you find your heart. I'm going to skip a few verses and I want to go to verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You know, when, when I uh, see this verse and if, I, if you read Matthew chapter 6, 19, those verses in the original Greek, if you look that up, in the original Greek it says, do not store up treasures in the original Greek, the word store up is thesorizo. It's the word thesorizo. And in the, the word treasure is the word thesoros. So it's thesorizo, do not thesorizo, thesoros. Which is basically what Jesus is saying is, is don't treasure treasure. Hence the title, if you're following on version on our Bible app, you'll see that it, that's the title of this message this morning is, is don't treasure treasure. I'm kind of a modern-day treasure hunter. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I, I, I have this kind of like knack for it. It's in my, my DNA a little bit. Not, not like literally chasing after buried treasure, but I'm kind of an entrepreneur. I was a lawn boy at 12 years old. I remember mowing uh, several yards on my grandma's street uh, in, in uh, Oklahoma when I was just a kid trying to make money, saving money to buy a motorcycle. When I was in college, I was a... a, a, a a stockbroker. No, not a stockbroker. What's the word for that? I was this guy that wanted to make money on stocks. So I, I purchased this, uh, this stock called DDSI. And it stands for dumb, dumb, stupid idiot, I think. Because you never want to buy that penny stock. I don't even think it exists. But I bought it. I think they made all their money on me. And then they sold or went under and they lost everything. But I was chasing after treasure. I've, I've done some house flipping in my earlier days of my life. But I think my craziest treasure story has got to be my McDonald's story. When I was in high school, I was about 17 years old. I was a junior in high school. I still kind of recollect the entire day. I could see it as if it was yesterday. And it was at the time when McDonald's was doing that Monopoly game. You guys know the Monopoly game at McDonald's where you collect the pieces. And if you get the right pieces, you can get like... Better than a cheeseburger, you can win like a, a car or thousands of dollars, I think up to a million dollars. When I was in high school, they were doing that game back in the early or mid-90s. And, and when I was playing that game, um, you know, I didn't take it that serious. But on open lunch, when we were uh, during school, we didn't have to go to the cafeteria for lunch. We got to go uh, out for lunch. So I remember going with my friend Tim and I, and, and we were there, and we bought our meals, and we got our little game pieces, and, and I, I peeled mine off, and there it was, a boardwalk in one of the trains. And I was like, oh, that's cool, set it off to the side. And I had had, because we eat McDonald's a lot in high school. I had a bunch of game pieces in my car and my ashtray just laying around everywhere. And I was just kind of like enjoying the meal and hanging out with my, uh, my friends there at lunch. And I, as the, the, the lunch progressed and it was time to head back uh, to, to, the, um, to class, 
I remember the guy in front of me. I can still see him. It's John Crafton. He was an upperclassman. I still see his haircut. I still see this guy. He was a baseball player. I still see, like, what he did. He had the park place on his tray, and right there, he took all of his trash along with his drink on the tray and just dumped it down into the trash can. And I ran back to my friend Tim, and I said, Tim, you're not going to believe what just happened. I know you're not going to believe this, but I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell you, and I don't know what we're going to do about it. Tim, John Crafton just threw away the park place. And I'm, he's like, Trevor, what, what's the big deal? The park place? I have like five park places in my car. Everybody has a park place. You see, I had just right behind him thrown away the boardwalk. I know you guys don't believe me on this, but, but I need you to hear this story. And I, I said, are you serious right now? Because there's always the two pieces. And to get the Monopoly, there's one that Monopoly, uh, McDonald's makes a million of. They make a million of the, the, the one piece and the other one that makes the Monopoly. They only make one in the world of, right? And I thought that it was the park place. And I threw away the boardwalk. And I told him that. I said, Tim, I just threw it away. And he's like, are you serious? I said, I'm not lying. With everything in me, I promise you that I had the boardwalk and I just threw it in that trash can. And here we are. It's time to go back to class. We're looking at the trash can. We're looking at all the people around us. We're looking at these girls that we're trying not to be a fool in front of. And we're like, let's go to class. And we left. But we couldn't, even, we couldn't be gone for long. We skipped school. We went back after everybody left, and we went to the employee at the uh, McDonald's and asked him for the trash, and we took the, all the trash bags because all of a sudden now we've lost which can it is because there's like 10 trash cans around McDonald's. So we just took all the trash, threw it in the back of the car or the back of my pickup, and we took it back to my grandma's house. We skipped school. I'm not condoning that, but we skipped school, and we searched all the trash that day. We were looking through all that trash. My brother, who's about seven years older than me, he shows up to the house. He's coming home on a, on a lunch break or coming to my grandma's on a lunch break because grandma's fixing him lunch or whatever. And he's like, Why are you, what's all this trash doing in the backyard? What are you doing? And I said, I explained to him the story, John Crafton and Boardwalk. And I had the park place or, or vice versa, excuse me. And, and so we have a million-dollar game piece, and it's somewhere in here. We started searching and searching and searching. There was no park place. The million-dollar game piece wasn't in there. And we were like, man, I don't know what to do. We just kind of blew it off, went back to doing our thing. That night, my brother called me, and my brother caught the bug. He caught the Monopoly bug. He's about 20 years old, newly married. He just bought a home, um, and, and he caught this same virus, and he goes, hey, um, I'm getting my trailer. I'm getting my truck. You promise that you had the piece, right? And I said, I promise. Like, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm serious. I had the piece. He said, all right, I got my trailer. I got my truck. We're going to dive the dumpster, and we're going to get every piece of garbage. And let me tell you, it wasn't on one of those low days. It must have been like the trash was going to get picked up the next day. We had a dumpster load of garbage bags from McDonald's in the back of my brother's truck and his trailer, and we hauled him 20 miles away to his home in Mustang, Oklahoma. And for two and a half weeks, my brother and I are sifting through garbage. Every single waking 
extra hour. Every single opportunity that we had when we weren't supposed to be at school, we didn't skip everything. We didn't just stop the world. We knew that if we had the million dollar piece, it's somewhere in there. But for two and a half weeks, that garbage sat in his garage in the hot summer sun, collecting, uh, you know, doing what garbage does. McDonald's smells bad enough. McDonald's trash smells worse. But multiply that by the summer sun and it being in one place, all of it, a dumpster in your garage. I mean, it's literally starting to seep into the drywall and coming into the house. It was, it was a horrible, horrible thing. I don't know how you guys are feeling. I don't know what your emotions are right now thinking about this. But as I relive it, I'm just like, wow, was that horrible. Needless to say, I never, we never found the boardwalk game piece. You know, sometimes I wonder if it was psychological. Sometimes I wonder if I threw away just another one of the park places. But we never found it. I mean, we did find like 150 cheeseburger tickets because, you know, when they give, you give them the, the, the thing for your, to redeem your free cheeseburger, they take it, they give you a cheeseburger and they throw it in the trash. So there's like certain trash cans that have like 100 cheeseburgers. So we didn't lose altogether. But ultimately, we were left wallowing in the trash. Check out this clip. tie up your boat at the dock. And I shall need to know your name. What do you say to three shillings? And we forget the name. Welcome to Port Royal, Mr. Smith. You remember that? Throughout the Gospels, man, Jesus teaches on being a steward of the resources you've been given. So let me talk to you just for a minute about, about money. And I want to kind of clarify for some of you maybe that, that are, have a, a wrong understanding or, or, or uh, maybe perspective on money. Money in and itself in itself is not evil. It's actually amoral. In other words, it's not good or bad. It's how you use and how you view money that creates the issues. In and of itself, it is not evil. But there are scriptures that point to the fact that it can be very, very dangerous. One of the most commonly mis 
quoted scriptures in all of the Bible is this, money is the root of all evil. Have you heard that before? You've heard people quote that or misquote that? Money is the root of all evil. Well, actually, that's not what the verse says. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, giving a little bit of context, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into a trap fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And some people have eager for money, have wandered from the faith, and pierced themselves with many griefs. For the love of money is the root of all evil. All kinds of evil, and some people have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Did you hear that? Did you, did you catch the fact that there were people that, that had faith and then they wandered from it? And it was why? Because of not money. Because there are many instances and many illustrations in the Bible where people with money were able to resource and help the, the apostles and the disciples and even Jesus himself to do ministry. Money in and of itself is not evil. It's the love of money and the desire after money that can cause you to wander from faith and be pierced with many griefs. This morning, though, our primary text, the primary verses that I want to show you in this, in there, there are several, several verses throughout the Bible that, that talk about money and finances, and, and one day we'll do a sermon series on it, but it's Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, Matthew, Mark, and Luke share the same exact story. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke say it, but this is the one that I'm quoting from this morning, and it's Luke 18, verse 18 to 23, and it says this, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. Like he's quoting the scriptures just as he knows them, just as they were quoted to Moses and inscribed on the, the, the two tablets. And the man replies, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Every single one of them I have done. I'm a rule follower. I know how to abide by the law. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, the man became very sad because he was very wealthy. Man, that's a hard teaching. That's a hard story to, like, that's, that's one of the stories that, that you kind of want to pass by. You want to kind of overlook because it's like, really? Like, I, this guy did everything right, and yet Jesus calls him out and says, you got to sell everything you have? I think there's a reason for it. I don't think it's because the man had treasure. I don't think it was because the man had the wealth. I think it was because the wealth and the treasure had him. 
You see the difference? It was because when Jesus looked at this man's heart, he said, this rule-abiding, God-loving follower of me that really wants everything of me, he wants all of me, there's something in his life that's not right, and I can see exactly what it is, and it's that he doesn't have wealth, it's that wealth has him. This guy had the law, he knew the scriptures, but he wanted more. He was seeking for more because it just wasn't satisfying. He wanted to go all in with Jesus. He he was saying, Jesus, I've done it all. So what must I do to inherit eternal life? Man, I just want to remind you this morning that if you want to go all in, don't let anything get in the way of your relationship with God. Don't treasure treasure. And if it's something that's going to cause you to lose your faith, it's something that's going to cause you to wander, as the, the First Timothy verse says, then it's worth it just to give it away or to sell it or to, to change your way. This isn't a message on monasticism. This isn't a message that says that everybody needs to sell everything and become communal and move into a monastery. That's not the point behind the message. But if this stuff that you have has you, then you've got to change your ways. You've got to do something extreme because Jesus knew that the only thing that was going to get a hold of this guy was something very, very extreme. Famous words on a tombstone that read this, what I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left. But what I gave, I still have. What I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left. But what I gave, I have. Man, as we invest in the kingdom of God, we assure for ourselves an eternal reward. Let's check out this next clip. What code is Gibbs to keep to if the worst should happen? Pirate's code. Any man who falls behind is left behind. No heroes amongst thieves, eh? You know, for having such a bleak outlook on pirates, you're well on your way to becoming one. Sprung a man from jail, commandeered a ship of the fleet, sailed with a buccaneer crew out of Tortuga, and you're completely obsessed with treasure. It's not true. I am not obsessed with treasure. Not all treasure is silver and gold, mate. Gentlemen, the time has come! Our salvation is nigh! I'm thinking that some of you thought today, man, I just checked my bank account this morning and I'm off the hook. I'm not rich, so this isn't speaking to me. Trevor, I'm good. I'm golden. But hear what Jack Sparrow is saying is, is not all treasure is silver and gold. Here, here, first of all, though, I mean, before we even get to that, let me just remind you, though, if you own a car, if you got just a little bit of money, not a lot, like if you have a net worth of about $10,000, you're in the top 20% of the entire world. You're richer than 80% of the world. If you, if you own a car, you're probably already there. You probably already have that. 
So I'm not talking to the world's wealthiest. As I was doing some facts finding on this message this, uh, this past week, I found out that there are 62 people in the world, 62 people alive today that have the same amount of wealth as the, the bottom half of the population of the world. 3.6 billion uh, people have the same amount of wealth or have the same amount of net worth as 62 people in the world. Talk about upside down, uh, like just the, the, um, the, the differences between people. But I'm not just talking to those people. I'm talking to each and every one of us. And I'm not even talking about if you have a car and, and, and you live in America. I'm talking about the things that you treasure today. And I'm asking you the question, can you trust God with your treasures? Can you trust God with your treasure? Like, for example, this is my wallet. And uh, if, you're, uh, if you have a wallet, would you do me a favor? Just kind of pull it out and, and, and hold it up for me. If you have a wallet of any kind, I'm, I'm waiting for a few people to participate. Some people should have a wallet. Maybe it's a phone because now you're paying everything with your phone. You do the cash app and you, you have everything on there. But if you have a wallet or a phone, um, I, I want you to hold it up for just a second. I know, I know, you don't like crowd participation, audience participation, makes you nervous. I'm not going to call you up front. I just need to ask you a question now that you're holding it up. What's in your wallet? Just kidding. Loosen up a little bit. You can put it away. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Hey, listen. Um, that just distracted me. This wallet, though, represents my life in many ways. It represents my treasure. I mean, the cash or the lack thereof represents my life savings. The license represents my car and the freedom that I have to get around. My debit card represents my bank account. The credit card represents my credit. My insurance cards represent my health. The picture of my kids, not in my wallet, but in my phone, represent what's most important to me in my family. Those business cards represent the companies that I trust and I do business with. All of this stuff that I carry represent me and they represent what I treasure and they represent what's important to me. And I want to ask you this question, whether it's a, a, a tangible thing, whether it's something you can sell or whether it's just something that you value. Can you trust God with your treasure? Can you trust God with your treasure? Is God trustworthy? Only you can answer that. Only you can decide that. Is God trustworthy? Trusting God with your treasure is putting your life into his hands to do with it whatever he sees fit. And sometimes it doesn't seem fit to you. You're thinking, why is it, God, that this is happening this way when it should be happening this way? It's giving God the first even when you could move, use the money for something else. It's honoring God with your tithes. It's serving God in his church, when you'd rather be doing something else on a Sunday morning at 8.30 in the morning. What are you treasuring, and can God be trusted with your treasure? You see, I'm determined to go all in with Jesus and declare that he is going to be the number one priority in my life. And to get there, I'm going to have to put my treasure into his hands. I'm going to have to put my family my health, my home, my life. I'm going to have to put my everything into God's hands. So I asked you the question just a moment ago, can you trust God with your treasure? But actually, the better question is, 
can God trust you with his treasure? Let's watch this last clip. leaving Captain Jack behind. Again? Again. Is that so? It would make us feel a whole lot better regarding our fortunes. If we could see that item you told us about. On the charts. Aye. Aye. With our own eyes. To help put an ease to our burden of guilt, so to speak. Ah. Feast your eyes upon this, mateys. There's more than one way to live forever. Gents, I give you the fountain of youth. That's a different clip, different movie, just in case somebody was confused. It's not the curse of the black pearl. But the point behind the message is, is, is uh, these, the, the pirates with Barbosa, they were looking for the fountain of youth. They were searching after it only to realize that there was a hole in their map. And man, I just want to tell you, if you are not asking God for his blessing, for his will, for his direction in your life, man, there's going to be a hole in your map. There's going to be a void there. There's going to be something that you'll just never, ever find or satisfy. And it doesn't matter if you hit the lottery. The lottery changes your life. You've seen those movies, right? You've seen those shows. It changes their life in a bad way almost every time, right? It makes it for the worst. In many instances and cases, families uh, get separated and people fight. It gets nasty. What are you searching for? What is the treasure that you're going after? Because if it's anything that this world affords today, man, you'll never find satisfaction in it. You'll never find it. It's a waste. We were watching yesterday, my girls and I, we went and watched that, that new um, remake of the Aladdin movie, and the genie is telling uh, Aladdin, he's like, do not ask for money. Don't drink from that cup. Trust me, it never, ever satisfies 
even the genie in the Disney movie knows that if all you're doing is chasing after that next dollar or that next possession, you will end up spending your entire life chasing after something that will never satisfy. You'll find yourself with a hole in your map. Matthew chapter 13 is my last verse of scripture this morning. And it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all he had and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. Do you hear that? Like what we offer, what has been offered to us, what God is giving to us, everything else is, it's, it's, doesn't compare. Like you should sell it all, you should give it all up. If it's going to cost you, you should give it all up to get this one thing, which is that eternal life not just for eternity after this life, but the eternal life that starts today, the experience that God gives you, the abundant life that Christ offers to you even here, even now. If you're looking for treasure of any other kind, in any other way, it's an empty hole. It's an empty void. And it will never, ever satisfy. And like my friend and I, like my brother and I at McDonald's, you're going to end up at the end of your life wallowing in trash. I don't want that for anyone. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for, for uh, any person that I'm connected to at Renew Church. So don't treasure treasure that's just going to fade away, that's just going to disappear. Go after the kind of treasure that will satisfy the eternal life and the abundant life that God offers to you and I today. Randy Alcorn says you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. So whatever God has blessed you with, whatever resources, whatever time and talent and abilities God has given to you, use them for him and for his kingdom right here, right now, to begin to make a difference right here and right now. Begin paying forward and, and, and paying ahead with what God has blessed you with. Give him your time, your talent, your resources. And if you have any regrets in doing so, then stop doing it. But I promise you, for me, man, there's no regrets. There's no regrets in my life. For the, for the 30 years that I've been following Jesus, there are no regrets in the, the surrender and saying, God, you have your way in my life. Next week, here's, here's how we get really practical. Next week, we do growth track. That was the karate kid thing that was one of the announcements. Next week, we do growth track. And it's an opportunity for you to kind of discover your gifts. We believe at Renew Church, everybody needs to know God and find freedom. And after that, they need to discover their purpose and begin to make a difference. There are several people 
50 plus people on our Renew crew, the, the group of people that make this happen every week. And they, they do it because they've taken the track, they've been through the track and they've learned what their spiritual gifts are and they're using those to begin to make a difference in our church and in other people's lives. You need to do the same thing. You need to take that next step. Next Sunday, I invite you and I encourage you to come be with us in the back, in the, in the classroom in the back for our growth track class. Like, take time to discover what it is that God wants to use of yours. And if it's your money, your monetary resources, if it's your talent, whatever that thing is, give it to Him. And it won't be returned void. It won't be wasted. Man, God will use it. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot to gain what he cannot lose he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose would you stand with me this morning man there's again let me just emphasize, there's all kinds of treasures in our life. There's all kinds of things that we're chasing after. That promotion, that position, that bigger thing just doesn't satisfy until you fully and completely surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and said, God, I give you me. I give you everything that I have. You are trustworthy, and I just give my life to you. Man, you're going to come up empty every single time. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take for me to stop just talking to myself and for you to say, I really do want this. I really do want to test God in this. I really do want to believe God in this. It's going to take you saying, yeah, this is almost impossible. God, how are you going to do this? And we were like that six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, over the course of planting Renew Church saying, God, how are we going to do this? Leaving a ministry, taking a 40% pay cut to start a church and wondering if we can even afford to make that, that the salary that, that, that it was on 60%. But somehow, in some way, God has made a way every step of the way. Like I'm living proof of it. I'm, I'm, I'm evidence that when you do it, He's faithful and you can trust him with your treasure I want him to trust me with his treasure everything that I have my family my finances my abilities and my talents God I, I want you to use me and I want you to use me in ways that I, I that, that go beyond me God I want you to multiply my talents but the only way that you're gonna do that is if I place them in your hands I surrender and I, I open my grip and I just say, God, you take them. And God, for these, your people, we're praying that same request. God, that they would just be able to say, I, I release them. I give them over to you. Whatever it is, God, whatever that thing is that you're thinking of right now, whatever that, 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 one thing. Maybe you've kept all the commandments like the rich young ruler. You've kept it all. You know the rules. But Jesus is saying, no, there's this one thing. And you and I both know what it is. 
If Jesus is talking to you about that, let's get it right today. Let's make it right. Let's stop treasuring our treasure and let's give him every ounce of treasure that we have. We're going to sing a song. If you want to come and pray, there are ministers on our prayer team, prayer team workers that will be here on both sides of the, uh, the speakers up here on my right and on my left. You come and pray. We pray right where you're standing, but let's sing this song together and then I'll close us out. sing this uh, this love song to Jesus. You sing it directly to him. Every time I sing it, I'm singing it directly to him. i 
this as well as I do. It's expensive to live in Miami. I'm not talking about this money because I need your money. I'm talking about this money because I feel like the, the point behind it is, is can you trust God with your treasure or better yet, can God trust you with his treasure? Those resources that you have. And I know how hard it is. I realize it. Like you do the bottom line and you say, God, there's nothing left after it's all done, but that's the wrong way to do it. That's reverse thinking. What you have to do, this is something that's been taught to me and I'm teaching you, you have to give God first. It's called a first fruit. You gotta say, God, I give you this. And whatever it is, even if it's a 1%, I've heard of it, the tithe is 10. But if you would just make a commitment to God and say, God, I'm gonna give you all I can give you is 1%. I'm gonna stop tipping you and throwing a five in the plate. I'm gonna give you 1% and I'm gonna see what you do with 1% and you mathematically calculate and you say, God, I'm gonna give you 1% and then begin to believe and pray and ask God to help you with the 99%, watch what he does. Does that make sense? Trust God with it and just say, God, I give it to you. Same in your family. Yes, it is so hard when your kids it is so hard when things are going awry in your life at home, but somehow in some way say, God, I'm giving them to you. Instead of fighting them, when I'm fighting them, I'm fighting you, and all I'm doing is just like losing with them and with you. I'm gonna give them to you. I'm gonna place them in your hands. I'm done fighting them. I give you my family. God, I give you my talent. This is what I want. This is what I know I'm great at. Why haven't I gotten the promotion? Why haven't I gotten the opportunity? God, I'm giving it to you. It's yours to do with it what you will. And maybe God is trying to test you. Maybe God is trying to check your heart to make sure that you're ready for that. Can you be trusted with his treasure? Whatever the thing is, you gotta put it in his hands. If you wanna go all in, if you wanna be done with this like surface faith, of, of just obeying the law for the sake of the law. And if you want to really go all in, Jesus is looking at you and saying, give me your family. Give me your finances. Give me your talent. Give me whatever that thing is. Trust me with those things. Believe God that he can provide, that he can make a way. 
when it seems there is no way. I'm preaching to myself. It's hard. It's challenging. There are difficult days with our family and with our finances and with our treasures. But you got to start trusting God. And if you don't, you're going to find the hole in your map. It's going to be empty. And you're going to continue to say, God, why? It's because you're doing it wrong. You're seeking after the wrong thing. That treasure, the X that marks the spot of the treasure is in finding relationship with Jesus Christ. Fully surrendered to Him and saying, God, I need you to take care of everything else, every other detail of my life. It's my prayer. It's my hope that you'll do something about this message today, that you'll apply this message into your heart and into your life, that you won't just say, oh, good, good time or fun or entertaining or interesting, that you would apply it to your life. Otherwise, it's a waste of my time. Really, it's not. It's a seed that's planted. But I really want you to receive it and do something about it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you would say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? I'm, I'm making some decisions and I need to. I need somebody to just agree with me in prayer because I'm trying to surrender some things to God. If you would say that, would you just lift your hand right now, right where you're at? See your hands. See your hands. Good. Good. On my left, in this middle row, on my right, in the back. I see your hands. I see your hands. Praise God. I see your hands up here. God, you know it. You know what's going on in their life. We pray, oh God, that you would just do what it is that you need to do in them. And that they would not just walk away from this as just another message for another Sunday, but that they would receive it and that they would say, I'm going to do something different with my time and my talent and my resources. I'm going to do something different because I know that's what you're calling us to. Everything else, rust and, and moths will destroy it. Jesus said it, and I believe it. I believe now and I pray now, God, that you would just take everything that I have, everything that these people, these people are lifting their hands for, and God, use it, multiply it for your kingdom pray that they would be able to go all in and fully surrender to stop wallowing in trash and receive what it is the treasure that you have for us thank you oh god if you don't know jesus is your personal savior with your heads bowed and your eyes closed this is that opportunity if you need to make a commitment maybe it's a recommitment or a dedication to the lord because you've kind of strayed away wandered from the faith as first timothy 6 says because of the love of something, the love of money or something else. If you need to make a rededication to Christ or a brand new commitment today, I'm not going to bring you out. I'm not going to call you to the front. But I just want to know, if that's you today, would you lift your hand right where you're at? I see your hand, young man. I see your hand in the back, ma'am. Praise God for you. Anybody else? I see your hand, sir. Praise God for you. You're my friend. I love you. Anybody else? just a prayer of faith. Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes in my past. Forgive me in my sins. Come into my life and make me new today. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. God, I want you to be the, the, the treasure that I seek after because nothing else in all of my years has satisfied. And here and now, today, I dedicate my life, my heart, everything to you. 
forgive me and make me brand new. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, let's, let's say amen and let's give some people a round of applause today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Man, I am so thankful for, uh, for you guys. And I'm, I'm picking up Mikey's, where Mikey's leaving off this week. And I just want to encourage you again, take some of these home. They're on the table on the way out or on the, in the back door. Invite some people that need to come to be a part of Renewed Church. We're building a brand new baby church. We're, we're a toddler kind of still crawling along, five months old. Got some exciting messages coming up. Next week is the movie Wonder. You guys seen that movie Wonder with the boy that was born with a, a, a birth defect? Powerful, powerful message in that movie, and I want you to hear it. I'm going to be sharing from that, and I'm excited about it. And then Toy Story and Avengers and another movie that's really, really cool, a Netflix film called Lion. Not Lion King, it's Lion, and I think you're going to like it. Um, but anyway, just be sure to uh, tell somebody about it, man. We're trying, to, we're trying to reach people in our community that don't know Christ. Our mission is to lead people to a renewed life in Christ. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, at this time, this is that opportunity in which you're able to give to Renew Church on your way out. And there's the offering envelopes. There's also the online. Um, you guys have that? The, the ways to give online at renew.miami, as well as through texting to give at 786-565-1165. You can text the amount, and you can give at that anytime, day or night. Um, and man, we're just so thankful for your faithfulness and giving. It's because you give that we're able to make a difference. It's because you give that we're able to make an impact on the city. And uh, so let me just pray over it. And I'll also pray a, a prayer of benediction and you guys will be dismissed. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for these people that are gathered here together for, uh, man, just to hear the word and to be challenged and inspired and checked in their heart, God, pray that you would do just that and uh, use them in great ways. God, we pray for your blessing over the tithes and the offerings that are being brought. God, maybe it's a first time giver ever, never ever given, never known the principle behind or the importance of it, and I pray that you would bless them if it's their first time. And God, for those that have been faithful for years, God, thank you for their faithfulness. God, use this for the building of your kingdom here and around the world. May we be a faithful steward of what you give to us. Be with us as we go from this place, but not from your presence. I pray that you would just uh, put some people in our path that we can invite to Renew Church next week. And God, we thank you for this great nation. We thank you for the Independence Day holiday that's coming up. Keep everybody safe. And God, may we remember, God, what a blessing and a privilege it is to live in the United States of America. God, we thank you for those that have made sacrifices so that we could experience the freedom that we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Go in his peace. You are dismissed. Thank you for being here.
You are good. 